get ready for Mental Flock with Jeff and Bishop. Grab your snacks. It's about to get real. All right, all right, all right. Real it shall get. This is Bishop coming to you live from Mental Flock. Right across from me, I got... This is Jeff. And to my right... Ariel! This is the Rise episode, everybody. Ariel, tell us what you're wearing tonight. Oh my gosh, what am I wearing? Let's start from the top. I am wearing a crystal crown, which is gorgeous, by the way, right? I'll have to get a picture of this and put it up on the Yeah, you're going to need to get a picture of it, because it is... I was like, don't wear the... I was like, should I wear the crystal crown? And I was like, yes, you should wear the crystal crown. I just got this, and I freaking... I'm I'm owning it. <laughs> so I've got the crystal crown. I have got a wonderful hoodie that was sent to me. I don't know the designer, but it was sent to me by a very dear friend. Her name's is her name is Jabs or Eliza, if you know her. Um, it says women don't owe you shit, which is amazing, right? Like I love it. It's great. And then my leggings are Old Navy, but they have been, look at this, look at the mermaid Oh, that's scales, so cool. Right? Yeah. They've got mermaid scales. Do you see that, Jeff? Do you see? Oh, that's mermaid cool. Sc- yeah. So mermaid scales by my designer, Sweet Honey Threads, a.k.a. Sadie, a.k.a. another one of my best friends. <laughs> so basically my clothes are from my best friends and then this beautiful crystal crown that I bought, unless I'm holding a crystal. What kind of crystal do you have there? Oh, you know what? It was so funny that you asked because I don't know because I just always pick crystals by intuition of like, oh, I'm going to get that. I did get this crystal in Sedona when I was there with my mom. It is from what I remember very much a stone of like based on intuition, based on just like grounding. Um, But do I know? What kind it is? I don't know. It's a dark blue gold. I mean, it's very, it's a great tower. It's got a lot of color. Like, that's what I'm saying. The point is really nice. So, it's just got good energy. And I, I, you know, I have a ton of crystals, y'all. Like, so many. And that was the one that called out to me tonight to just bring with me to kind of hold. So... You know, I'm I'm supposed to be the wizard, but crystals aren't, like, entirely my thing. So, I think there's you know, a handful that I can be like, oh, yeah, well, this is this or this is this. Yeah. But this, not a clue. Yeah. If so, I was going to guess, I'd say it's probably like a fluoride or something like that. But that that would just be a guess. Yeah. Ironically, my partner Shelby sells crystals. And if yeah. they were here, I bet they would know oh, what I bet it she is. Couldn't, I bet she would know. I remember very um, specifically getting it in Sedona. And being like, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to get it. And then the woman gave me the crystal and was like, oh, it's this. And it has to do with this, this, and this. And all I remember was it being exact. Like, all the properties were really good. But do I remember the name? No. (laughs) But the properties were on point. So that's how I pick my crystals. I'm like, what do I feel called to? I'm not necessarily looking for anything, but this one's pretty. Jeff is sporting a fantastic vintage Ghostbusters tee this I evening. I love mm-hmm. it. So I got my my vintage Ghostbusters t-shirt that I, I bought at Walmart for nine bucks. Very chic. It's it's not really my t-shirt per se, because, you know, be, being engaged, it's basically like her clothes are her clothes. My clothes are our clothes. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I, I am wearing my, uh, once again from Walmart, uh, cargo pants that um, I, I bought for costume purposes, but they're comfy and they hold a lot of snacks. And so I wear them all the time. <laughs> yes, the snack holding ability. And I feel, you know what, like Walmart... Like, get people give them shit, but at the same time, like, they got some good shit. <laughs> like, I will go there for exercise equipment. Their gym section is seriously next level. It's like, go, if you want some inexpensive weights, go to Walmart, whatever. Supply the craziness of the world. I have a, a very <laughs> nice England Logistics Summer Games 2022 t-shirt I got right before I left England. And then, you know, the the very nice Walmart uh, green exercise shorts, because <laughs> I just believe in being comfortable for this, because nobody can see me. No. <laughs> I have a great body for radio. <laughs> All right, guys. So the rise story, it's finally happened. It's finally here. So this is Ariel's Rise tonight. After this, we got AJ, and then we want to do an episode with all four of us and kind of compare notes on the process. So before we get too deep into things, Jeff, you got a card. Yes. <laughs> so uh, the theme for whatever we're going to be going into with Ariel's Rise and whatnot, I pulled the Hanged Man reversed. <laughs> so the Hanged Man is the state of the story in which it's the waiting game. It's everybody just, you don't know what's going to happen next. And you just have to like chill, hang out. And just wait. And kind of the, the imagery of the card, it goes back to the story of how Odin got the wisdom of the runes when he hung from the world tree for nine days and just had to like chill out until the wisdom of the runes finally came to him. And this is kind of kind of the, the similar thing to saying like you have to chill out, you have to wait, you have to cool your jets, the answer isn't going to come to you like right away, the cards aren't going to tell you anything, the crystals aren't going to tell you anything, the runes aren't going to tell you anything. You just have to wait and see how it plays out. Now, this being upside down, saying like, okay, you're maybe pushing a little bit too hard. You're in a situation where you should just be trying to like relax. This is like go into meditation, like do some like self-work, some shadow work and that sort of stuff. But you're pushing too hard. You're maybe leaping into something without looking first or not doing your research or your homework first. And you could be like, Heading in the wrong direction if you don't slow down and chill out. What do you think of that card, Ariel? Oh, my God. I resonate with it so hard, especially for that time in my life where I feel like the rise actually began. Like, there was the fall, you know? And then there was this immediate sense of, like, fuck, I need, I can cuss, right? Okay. You can cuss. Yeah, fuck. No, I'm, I'm fucking like, offended. <laughs> I'm going to have like, to talk to my bishop about this. Yeah, right? Yes, my son. <laughs> it was like, fuck, y'all. I need to fucking get some shit together, you know? Like, I've got to do something different. Definitely, when I when I hit that low, when I hit that bottom, I was like, oh, shit. Time to go. And, and just so much of, I feel like, what you said, where it was like trying to do too much too fast... And, like, there, I'm going to share with everyone, like, the story of where I was trying to really push for something to happen that, like, it's, it's not fucking time yet. It's not time. 
And I had to learn that lesson the hard way and kind of figure out like, okay, well, if it's not time for this, then what time is it? Valid question. And so I'm just, I think it's, I think it's a perfect card to get pulled again. I, I said this earlier, but I think all the cards that have been pulled have been very much of like a, here's where we left off. Here's where, and now we get to explain where we're going. It kind of reminds me a little bit of, uh, it was right out of college. This was during the Great Recession. The only job that I could find was working in a mailroom. And I eventually got fired. And I remember sitting there, like in in the HR office, awaiting my fate, which, I mean, ultimately, like, I got fired for clocking in one to three minutes late too many times. But just, you know, knowing I was going to get fired, I was looking up at a motivational poster that they had hanging in the HR office, which was a picture of this penguin kind of waddling out onto the ice. And it said underneath it, until you spread your wings and try to fly, you'll never find out how far you have to walk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is a shameless plug moment here, guys. Uh, The phone number you want to know is 435 five three eight nine five five six that is the mental flog phone number you can call it leave a voicemail you can text it it's uh, a phone number that will go instantly to voicemail you're not going to have to be like oh my god social anxiety is jeff or bishop going to pick this up no we have day jobs we have lives this is a hobby it doesn't pay for our existence but we have that number there so you can interact with us and ask questions uh we have two episodes left after ariel's and the rise series here going to be aj and then the group episode together so please do send us some excellent questions we'd love to answer them on the air all together that being said i i told you guys i had a surprise for you i got a listener question last night oh nice so i'm gonna read this and i'm gonna take the first crack at it okay okay it says, hey, Mental Flog, loving the fall and rise sagas. I'm in the middle of the biggest, or I'm in the middle of my biggest fall right now, and hearing how others have overcome their falls has really helped me through this journey. Thanks to all of you for being so open with your stories. I do have a question. Did you have trouble asking for help during your fall? And if so, how did you overcome that? So I am going to start this off. Uh, arise, and you've heard Jeff and I say this, mm-hmm. it's... It's something where it's like a roller coaster. <laughs> Very much so. So here's the thing. Um, and this, I just feel like I need to share this with you, dear listener. Um, it doesn't answer your question yet, but I'm going to get there. There's uh, this, this old story where it's this older husband and wife and the new neighbors move in next door. And uh, the wife gets up in the morning. She's like, oh, you know, her laundry is so dirty because they're hanging out there on the clothesline. Somebody just needs to show her how to do laundry. And a couple of days later, the neighbor's doing laundry again, and the wife, oh, somebody just needs to show her how to do laundry. Why is her laundry so dirty? And then a couple of days later, the wife comes out into the kitchen. The husband's sitting there reading the paper, drinking his coffee, and she's like, oh, my gosh, her laundry is so clean. She figured it out. No, dear, I washed our windows. They were dirty. There was never a problem with the neighbor's laundry. The reason I share this is during your rise transformation, it is a transformation and you need to change your lens. If you always look at things from the aspect of the world is fucking me, I am a victim, everybody's out to get me, shit's just Mm -hmm. never going to go my way, you're never going to rise. You guys agree with that? 
I yes, agree. 100%. A rise is completely changing your perspective and your vibrational energy. You can't live in the negative of everything's out to fuck me or everything will be out to fuck you because you will make it so. <laughs> Self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, as far as asking for help with a rise, asking for help in any scenario, I don't think a single one of us here can say that we made it through our rise without the help of anybody. Oh, full shizzle. Mm. You had help with living situations. Oh, yeah. Mm. I have my heterosexual life mate who we bought this house together. He's been with me through all of my bullshit. I'm sure you've had help along the way. So much help. So much help. But here is the catch-22. Asking for help isn't always the solution. There are times where you'll need help, but you have to do the work to reap the benefits. If you Mm -hmm. just try to get yourself helped out of a situation, you haven't actually made a change. Mm -hmm. All right. Who wants to take next at this? One, two, three, not it. (laughs) Can you repeat the question? I can do that through the powers I'm of like, technology. I'm like, wait, I was just listening to you, and now I need a reminder of where to go. I do have a question. Did you have trouble asking for help during your fall, and if so, how did you overcome that? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I feel like asking for help is kind of the hardest thing because it's admitting, like, hey, I can't do this on my own. Can you help me out, please? <laughs> You know, and I definitely had that. And I remember so much, like, to this day, like, remembering the text message that I wrote out to both of my parents when I found out, here's the situation, right? That was, like, truly, I I mean, I'm going to talk about this later, but, like, truly the moment of, like, my fall, right? Of being, like, oh, shit. I just got knocked the fuck down. Um... Can you help me get back up? Because I'm really sorry. And yeah, it is such a humbling experience. It's so hard. And I still feel like sometimes I have trouble asking for help of just when I'm struggling. I experienced that a lot last year, too. You know, of just being able to be like, hey, I can't. (laughs) Like, I know all the tools. I'm using the tools, man. But I need some extra help. Can I be vulnerable with you? Can I just can I can I show you that I I'm not some superhero that like has all the answers? I don't. Like I need some help. And it is so hard. Um, but I think that when you do make that request, like think about how it feels when you help somebody. Right? Bishop, like if somebody comes to you for help, how willing are you to give it? Immediate. Doesn't even fucking matter if we know the person that well, right? Like, we're always willing to, like, help somebody else. But, like, we take our own advice. That's not going to happen. No. (laughs) (laughs) But we're always willing to help other people. And, like, how good does it feel to make you help, like, to help other people? You know, when you feel like you help somebody, it's like helping a little old lady across the road. Or recently, you know, I've been giving massage to little old ladies at the senior center where my dad lives. And it's just like, it's not that much time. It's 15 minutes, five minutes. And it helps them so much. And like, it's such a great feeling. So I think that when it comes to asking for help, we need to remember how good it feels to help somebody so that we can like be like, listen, this is going to make this person also feel good. We're not a burden to ask for help. I think it's almost worth asking the question too, is this something that I really need help with? 
Very, yes. Yeah, is this something I really need help with? Is this yeah. something I can figure out if I want to bad enough, or do I really need help with this? Am I stuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and is there are there ways to help yourself that you're just kind of like neglecting? You know, because I think a lot of times we create our own issues and it's like, oh, 100%. We could also create our own solutions if we I just can like, think of thousands of, of times I've created my own <laughs> damn issues <laughs> every day. <laughs> well, it's, it's like I said, you, you have to put in the work, you have to put in the skin of the game. You can't get help to complete a rise. You can get help along the way, but you got to do the work. Otherwise, you haven't risen. Well, and no one can, like, sit there and hold your hand for you t- either. Like, people can provide suggestions. That's what I tell my clients all the time. I'm like, listen, I'm here to, I'm the tour guide. You got to do the work. I cannot hold your hand through it. You're going to have to take the action. I'm here to support you the whole time. I'm here to remind you what a badass you are. But at the same time, like, you've got to do the work. Mr. Jeff. Oh, a few things to say here. Um, one is uh, probably something that I've said on this podcast at some point before. Somebody's going to be like, you've made this joke 80 times already. <laughs> but, you know, the four hardest things in the world to say, like, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I love you, I need help, and Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> Woo, sauce, good sir. <laughs> right. No, but I definitely struggled with the I need help thing. And looking at my story, I think sometimes um, just looking at the the way that things play out with the universe, the universe has a way of of humbling us. In my case, I can look at my situation and say, like, yeah, like I was kind of arrogant. Like I felt like I had things figured out, like I felt myself to be better than a lot of other people because, you know, I'd look at these other people who their lives were drama, their lives were kind of a mess and. And I very much like I had an Ayn Rand phase for a while. So I was just like, you just need to sort your shit out. Meh, 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 meh. And so when the universe decided that I needed to be taught a lesson, it hit me hard. And all of that, you know, I am a rock. I am an island. Like I am fierce, independent man. Like I don't need help from anybody. That all had to go out the window immediately. Like, I was very much in a position where I didn't have other options. Like, I was looking around, like, my family, like, I, you know, lo- love my family to death, but, um, well, say we, they, they were not in a position to be able to help. Like, my mom's health was failing. They didn't really have any, they didn't really have anywhere for me to stay, um, other than, like, they were living in Grantsville at that time. Like, I would have had to, like, live out, you know, like, an hour and a half drive from absolutely anything if I was going to go there. So, so I really had to rely on a lot of help from a lot of strangers in order to be able to make it through. And kind of had to realize through that journey that, yeah, none of us, there, no man is an island. Like, all of us are where we are because we've had help from other people somewhere along the way. And I think, you know, really the, the key there is I think the universe kind of tries to force on us a lot, uh, a lot of lessons in regards to gratitude in those sort of situations. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, being able to, to reach out and like, and ask for help. I think a lot of the problems that we have with 
being able to do that probably also come from a lack of showing gratitude in our lives. And, you know, if you're have if you're struggling being able to reach out and ask for help, then that might be a place to look for. Say like, okay, what areas of my life do I need to be showing gratitude? And if you start showing gratitude for what you have, for what's been given to you or whatnot, then being able to like ask for more, being able to ask for help, that might start coming a little bit easier. I like it. All right. Well, now that we got that surprise out of the way, Ariel, it's time to go down your memory lane. Oh, goodness. I have notes. You have notes and you have whiskey. You got this. I have notes and I have whiskey. I've got this. Okay. Well, I want to start just kind of a recap of where we ended because it was like four months ago, right? We figured out four months ago since the last episode. And oh my gosh, I just, I remember that was right before the day retreat that I was getting ready to lead. And I feel like so much has changed since then, not only in my personal life, professional life, just mindset, a lot has changed. And so I'm excited to talk, kind of talk about those changes as well, because I feel like, you know, we often talk about rise and falls, but we're always falling and then rising again in our life's journey, the hero's journey, right? It's a constant cycle. It's never like, oh, hey, we get to the rise and we never have to fall again. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, it's, it's true. I mean, you you had your earth-shattering, life-changing fall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've had my earth-shattering, life-changing fall. Jeff, you've had your earth-shattering, life-changing fall. We've risen past that point, but we have bad days, weeks, and months still. Oh, yep. yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. We and just don't hit rock bottom the same way we used to. Right, yeah, it's like a, <laughs> less of a rock bottom. We have some self-preservation now, some boundaries and some values. <laughs> we, we learn as we go, right? I think that's that's part of the hero's journey, is like, you just get better. It's okay, you don't have to be perfect, but be like better. Um, so, okay. So going back to kind of the recap of where I feel like this was my fall. This was my rock bottom. This was my, what are we going to do now? (laughs) Kind of (laughs) moment. So just to recap, I had just found out that I was getting a DUI after a nearly fatal car accident which has now given me a dimple that has made me cuter than I was before the car accident. So I don't, I'm the only human being who has like come out more attractive. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the only one, but I'm grateful. You know, it's cute. It's like a cute little dimple, right? If you look at Ariel's fall episode, there is like a photo collage, and one of the pictures yeah. is the friggin' fence post mm-hmm. through the car. And that is the reason my face looks the way it does. It's it's leftover trauma. So I had just found out I was getting a DUI. I was going, I was like, no matter what, going to lose my license, driver's license for a year. I also found out that due to the amount of alcohol that was in my system, I was also going to have to have a blow and go in my car for the year after I lost my license. So I was going to lose my license for a year. I was going to get it back. And they were like, but with provisions, you're going to have to have a blow and go in your car, which is extremely embarrassing, humbling experience. I won't go into details. It's also expensive. 
Um, then I also found out. Mm, so I got into my car accident the same year that I graduated massage school. Massage school was my college. I went to this school after high school, right? Like this was my career. So due to the fact that I still had pending charges, they hadn't charged me yet. It took them over a year to charge me with a DUI. Due to the fact that I had not, it, things were pending, things were up in the air, I got denied my massage license. I had just spent six months going to school for this. I had studied my ass off to pass this test. And they said, no. This was my career path. This was my plan. And they were like, no. And it was going to be years before I could get that license again. Because I had to get through the charges. I had to get through the community service. I had to get through so fucking much. So that dream, that career path, suddenly took a turn. I was like, okay, guys, I'm sorry. Sorry, universe. Let me get on the right track. And they were like, no, nope, nope, not this time. You're going to have to do something else. So I'm pretty grateful that I had a really steady job at the time that I was, I was working at a Charlotte Russe. Shout out Charlotte Russe. <laughs> it was like a women's clothing store. And I had started there just as like a seasonal employee. I was like, I'm in massage school, but I need to make some money, you know. And anyway, worked my way, worked my way up that ladder and was actually in line, you know, to become a massage or uh, to become manager. So like once I found out that I was getting denied my massage license, I was like, okay, time to readjust. What are we going to do? So I went back to school. I applied in online college. I went back to business school. I got a second job. So not only was I working whoop, at this job that I had worked my way up in, I got a second job, funny enough, at a motherhood maternity. <laughs> <laughs> Sold a ton of clothes to pregnant women. I was good at it. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was like, I was like, okay, I got to get my shit together. Like this accident, it's not going to define me. Let me get my shit together. Went back to school, got a second job, just like started working out, you know, didn't know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> like ran on a treadmill five miles a day, every day. Uh, I remember my go to the gym and no. work on a treadmill mentality like, for a while. I think back to those days and I'm like proud of myself that like at least I did something. But at the same time, I'm like, you didn't know shit like about getting in shape. So So uh, if you're running five miles a day on the treadmill, does that make you a cardi ho? Cardi ho smell <laughs> <laughs> it's cardio. No, it was terrible. It was terrible. But Okay, so, all right, again, I'm, like, looking back at my notes from the recap. Like, just found out I was getting a DUI, lost my license, getting a blow in my go, getting a blow and go in my car a year after my license is back, got denied my massage license. My boyfriend had broke up with me. It was a weird situation. Shouldn't have been in that relationship. Anyways, it was, like, a low, you guys. <laughs> like, blow after blow after blow. And I was living on my own for the very first time in my adult life where, like, I wasn't in a relationship. And I knew I was going to have to wait years until all my 
you know, shit was done to reapply for my massage license. So I really threw myself into my career at Charlotte Russe. Um, like I said, went back to school, started working out. I started reading self-help books. One of my favorite, my very first self-help books, because I remember you, Jeff, talking about yours. Um, the Universe Has Your Back by Gabby Bernstein. She is like a spiritual teacher. Um, I continue to follow and learn from her, but I remember reading her book and being like, okay, really? Like, let's see if the universe has my back. Um, oh, I'm trying to, trying to catch myself up on like where I had to go. Okay. So yeah, read it. And I just, at the same time started opening up my mind, I feel like to a different way of thinking and living because a lot of the times in the past I had lived a very victim lifestyle of like oh this is happening to me this happened to me the court system I was even like when I was getting charged like on my own fucking shit I'm the one that drove drunk I'm the one that got into an accident I'm the one that almost died thank god no one else got hurt in that accident you know but like it was my fault and I was still blaming other people Right, so then when I found out I was getting in trouble, which is apparently what motivates me to get my shit together, is like the police. <laughs> Fuck the police, let me get away from this. You know? So, <laughs> so I was like, let me, <laughs> I'm the problem. <laughs> like Taylor Swift. <laughs> you guys know the song I'm talking about? Like, it's me. Hi. I think I have heard I'm that one. I'm the problem, yeah. it's me. Yeah, I realized I was the problem for all my issues in life. So wait, okay, maybe I'm a bit out of the loop. So Taylor Swift finally wrote a song admitting, oh, wait a minute, I might have been the problem the oh, entire time. Oh, it's just, it's recent. <laughs> I'm like, you're just now figuring out you're the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I have some issues with Taylor Swift, but we won't go into oh. that today. No. Ladies and gentlemen, nobody is beyond salvation. <laughs> Shade at Taylor Swift. Like, you're going to look at the sun, but not in the mirror? Okay, you are the problem. Anyways, all right, where where was I? We were uh, dishing on Taylor Swift. Yeah, dishing on Taylor Swift. Anyways, I started trying to become a better person because I did realize, like, hey, I'm the reason for all my struggles right now. So, like, let's get some shit together. And I realized also at the same time, that where I was in my job, like, I had busted my ass up this corporate ladder, right? Like, really worked hard. And I was in line to become manager of this store. And they were, like, going to give me the keys to the kingdom. And then one day I walked in, and I was like, holy shit, this is not what I want to do anymore. Like, I don't want to sell clothes to women. I want to help women, but I don't want to sell clothes to them. You know, and I remember calling my dad, like, breaking down in the parking lot of a mall, like, 11 o'clock at night on a Saturday. And I was like, I don't want to do this. And he was like, you know. Oh, the retail schedule. Yeah, <laughs> yes. It was so late. Oh, my gosh. It was, like, back in the day when you could, like, you know, like, you'd go to the club, like, starting at midnight. <laughs> so, it, like, wasn't a big deal. Anyways, realized that where I was wasn't where I wanted to be. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I was like, hey, let me revisit this massage thing again, right? What I went to school for. It's been a couple years. I've done my time. I've paid my dues. Shit's off my record. Let's see if they'll give me my massage license. And in the meantime, 
I don't give a fuck what I have to do, but I don't want to sell clothes to fucking shoplifters anymore because I got pissed. Those shoplifter bitches. I mean, <laughs> fucking tell you what. And so I would, and this was around, again, around the time I started working on myself. So I just started working out in Anytime Fitness. Foreshadowing. <laughs> and, yes, foreshadowing. Um, and I had made friends with the manager. I'm pretty sure he had a crush on me. Whatever. I used it to my advantage. I got like a cheap gym membership. <laughs> Because, again, my boyfriend had just left me, so I was like, my boyfriend broke up with me. I can't afford $30 a month, whatever the fuck it was, for a gym membership. He's got a cheap gym membership, was a member there a month, told him about my situation, and I was like, I'm ready to do something different. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll go bartend. I don't give a fuck. I'll go bartend. I've never bartended before. I will go bartend instead of working at this place. And I was also getting ready to get my massage license again. Right, finally, for the first time. Like, it had been enough time. He had texted me the next day and said, hey, do you want my job? And I was like, uh, yeah. Why don't you want your job, though? You know, like, I'm questionable. <laughs> that is a very valid question. Very valid. Like, sure, but why? Turns out he got, like, he got sent off to the Air Force early. And so the job position was open, and I was like, I have never worked in a gym before. I've been a member a month. A month. I was like, I don't know. I've been a manager before. Like, let me just, sure, give me an interview. So you're saying the universe had your back. The universe had my back. It knew. <laughs> like, literally, this was like t the day after I had said, like, I don't want to work my fucking job anymore. And then the universe was like, well, how about this job? So got the interview. Got hired on the spot immediately. Like, just, and I was like, you know what? Okay. And it was less pay. It was less pay. It was less hours, but it was doing something different. And it gave me time to study for this test that I was trying to fucking pass because, hey, guess what? Try to get my massage license again. They changed the fucking test that you needed to have to get licensed. So I had to study three years after being out of massage school for a brand new fucking test. Fun. Lots of fun. Fun stuff, right? So uh, get the job at, at Anytime Fitness. Great. Start studying for massage therapy. Awesome. Pass the test. <laughs> Pass the test and reapply to get my massage license. They come back with, hey, because you were denied the first time, we're going to need five, not one. Five letters of recommendation from five different massage therapists who can say that you have, like, who can attest to your good moral character. This is like the massage stop <laughs> You guys, I had just started my fitness, my career in the fitness industry. I had been out of massage school for three years. And I'm guessing you didn't have a lot of connections that way at this who, time. Who the fuck did I know I had a breakdown? I was like, are you fucking kidding me? What the fuck? Like, freaked out. Like, total breakdown. Total breakdown for about 20 minutes. Then, here's here's a fun, here's part of the rise. 20 minutes later, had all five letters. Done. Hell Sent. yeah. Here nice. they are. Found five other massage therapists who were willing 
to be like, you know what, this is a good person. One of them, one of them, I think it's funny, is someone who is actually helping me facilitate my next retreat. Oh, that's awesome. Right? Super fucking cool. I'll tell you more about him soon. Um, so got, like, jumped through that hoop, right? Got the letters of recommendation. Applied. But jumped through all the fucking hoops. Applied. I was, like, just starting in the career in the fitness industry, managing a gym, not a personal trainer yet, but was like, let me get my massage shit so I can do this. Got my massage license. Finally. Here we are. 23. This was the year. 10 years ago. I'm 33 now. Right? Yeah. What year is it? Yeah, it's 2023. <laughs> <laughs> 10 years ago. Finally get my fucking massage license. And I'm like, yay, let me do the thing I went to school for. <laughs> and and start doing it. You know, I started offering chair massage. I was doing massage at the gym. But I was also really into the personal training aspect. And I, that kind of took over it at that point. It was like, you know, I, I was really excited about personal training. I, I feel like, also, oh, uh, this was a part I didn't mention, which is why I need to be looking at my notes. Um, when I joined, any, when I got the job at Anytime Fitness, I also found out about roller derby. <laughs> and roller derby is a huge part of my story not just like with the stuff that I went through but like the in the confidence and the self-worth that that sport gave me that sport taught me like not to give a fuck what other people think of me at all that was like when madness was born so y'all know my business is motivational madness yeah. okay so here's yeah. where the madness came through because my name is Ariel, so my derby name was Little Mer Madness. <laughs> <laughs> so I've run with that my whole life. So anyway, so that was where madness kind of came through. Um, and and that <laughs> and I literally, guys, like had no idea how to roller skate when I joined the team. But I started working with a trainer, and he would make me work out on roller skates, and I got fucking good. People who didn't think I was going to make the team, I was like the top jammer on the A team my second season. That's awesome. So I got so good so fast. So it was very much this combination of like fitness, new career with roller derby that I feel like that's kind of where like that was the beginning of my rise, right? Like I had made this complete shift where I was like, oh, fuck, this is where I'm at. This is not where I want to be. I need to make a complete shift. And then the universe was like, well, how about this? <laughs> so you admitted to yourself that you were the problem. Yes. You realized what you didn't want to do. Uh -huh. And then you took a couple risks and were determined as fuck to make changes in your life to make the life you wanted. Absolutely. I mean, huge leaps of faith. Like when I left Charlotte Roos, that was... I was 22 at the time. Okay, so for a 22-year-old, a full-time job with benefits, salary and benefits is a big fucking deal. It is. You're like, yeah, I've made it. Okay. And to leave that to go to a 30-hour-a-week job with a pay cut, but it was going to give me more opportunity and maybe more chance for happiness, like huge leap of faith i had no idea where it was gonna take me i just knew i wasn't happy where i was 
Sounds like it was worth it. Oh, it was so worth it, you guys. Just wait, it gets better. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So where where was I? Um. Took a leap of faith, new career path. Hopes of reigniting, reigniting the old one, right? I told you all about that. Getting the massage license, finally did that. Then I got really into roller derby. Like, I was, like, hardcore into roller derby. I was, like, couldn't, I was very determined I was going to be a famous roller derby player. So, it was, like, all hopes of anything else. Like, this is my passion. This is my purpose. That did not pan out. Thank goodness, because COVID happened and roller derby stopped for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> So I feel like I always kind of like, I like jump ship before like shit goes bad. And I like have these intuitive hits. That's kind of the, the other part of the rise is none of this shit has made sense. None of these jumps have been like, yeah, that makes sense. You're going to do, you're going to go from selling women's clothes to leading fitness. Yeah. Makes sense. Doing massage totally make, no, none of it has made fucking sense. But it has always felt so right in my gut. And that is what I follow. And I'm a generator. If people know human design that are listening, like I'm a judge. Do you guys know what your human design is? Yeah, I'm a I'm a projector. You're a projector, mm -hmm. okay. What about you? I'm a bishop. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the human design, I mean, I I can't I don't know too too deep into because it goes real deep. Oh yeah. I don't know it's, how deep uh, you, it's weird. It's it um so human design for bishop and i guess anybody listening that doesn't know it is we've been singled out y'all yeah. this is th this would be considered new new age so it's it essentially it layers a bunch of things on top of each other it's the kabbalistic tree of life the chakra system and astrology kind of like all combined and um what ariel was saying about uh, being a manifesting generator i think probably one of the most useful things that I get out of human design is figuring out what your energy type is. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be four different uh, energy types. So about, I think they said about 70% of the population are what they call generators. These are the people there. They're just, they're here to do the work. So as far as they just, you know, kind of take what they're given and just take the ball, run with it. You just, you know, get up, punch the clock and you know, you just do your work. And then you got about 20% of the population are projectors. That's the class that I fall into. Projectors are people that aren't necessarily supposed to put things into motion, but these are supposed to be the teachers. These are the, the people that typically what you're going to see is you're going to see like a lot of times you're going to have like a manifesting generator and then you're going to have the projector is going to be like the right-hand man. Now, the manifesting generator, that's about like, five to 10% of the population. And these are the go-getters. These are the people who set things in motion. These are sometimes manifesting generators have to be careful because, you know, they, they can, they can speak things into existence and they'll say things like, yeah, wouldn't it be like dumb right now if like we got a flat tire and then bam, flat tire. So they got to be careful about things like that. But, um, yeah, typically the way that'll work is you'll have like the manifesting generator who like, has this idea and they kind of put it into motion. Then you have the, the projector who's usually working with them there. They take that idea and they like push it out and push it forward onto, onto the generators who take the work and kind of bring the work to conclusion. And then you have the most rare type 
just about 1% of the population, which are the reflectors. And these are the people who, they, they can rub people the wrong way sometimes because it's whatever energy you give them, they're just going to give that same energy back to you. So I think knowing what your energy type is, that is helpful in understanding your approach. Understanding me as a projector, a lot of times if I try to set things in motion or whatnot, it seems like I'm just kind of barking up the wrong tree, kind of rub people, rubbing people the wrong way. So I found typically if I want to set something in motion, I usually have to have like a good team to work with. Or if I have somebody who like I'm able to kind of like take their idea and help them perfect it a little bit and help set things in motion. But with that, it's as a projector, you have to kind of wait for the invitation. If you're trying to like push your stuff out there, trying to push your ideas on other people or whatnot, you're going to rub them the wrong way. You have to wait for that invitation. So, so if you had to guess, what am I? What are you? I would, I'd be interested to see what, what you are, but I, I'd, I'd, I'd be, I, I would, I would venture to say that you're either a generator or a manifesting generator. Well, do you know, like your, do you know yours? See? I, I don't. This is new information for okay, me. Okay. Well, do you know your like birthday and time of birth? Yes, I do have that. Okay, well, we can look it up right now. I'm going to just do the, like, basic my human design. The, yeah, I'm going to do the Jeopardy theme song, but I think that's okay. copyrighted, and we would get sued, so I'm just okay. making into the pattern here. I'm just What's making up elevator music. All right, I got it. You are a manifester. So you are the fire starter. People who are here to get something started for other people to join in on, which, like, how... Like a podcast? Like a <laughs> podcast? Like the tribe? Like, I feel like so much. Yeah, you're definitely a fire starter. So, yeah, you're a you're a manifester. Your strat... So then there's, like, all the deep parts of it, right? Like, what's your strategy? Yeah. What's your authority? So your strategy is to inform your authority, which is the way you make decisions is your solar plexus. So it's based on something on based on how something makes you feel, which is very much like generator too. Like my generators like we our gut leads us. Oh yeah, I can definitely identify that. Yeah. The times when I've listened to it and the times when I haven't listened to it and the times I got Taco Bell. Apparently, <laughs> apparently according to human design, I'm led by my spleen. Oh, well there you go. Which mean which means like I'm I I'm I'm led by my intuition. Yeah. Yeah, which is like, I mean, I feel like the best way to be led, right, is by your intuition. Well, and it's, well, the, and what I tell people there is that you've got kind of three different levels of thinking. So we all know people who just fly entirely by their emotions. And, well, if if your entire, like, modus operandi is just entirely go with your emotions, that's basically the people that are kind of, adult toddlers so to speak and you know life can be kind of difficult for them when they just you know fly off of whatever emotional whim that they have whenever so your heart is kind of stupid your heart can lie to you then there's the people who the overly logical you know that you know they're all head all head no emotion no instinct and you can rationalize anything like any any argument you can you can sit there and you can go over the evidence and you can probably like still like once you have all the evidence 
it can still be like 50-50 one way or another. So your heart will lie to you. Your head can lie to you. Your gut's never going to lie to you, though. Very true. Very true. And I think that's like, it's why do we deny our gut feeling sometimes? We're like, no, it's fine. So for our listeners at home who are now curious, what app are you using? Um, It's just myhumandesign.com. Okay. So yeah. Just go there. You can find out. There's, I mean, oh my God, you guys, it goes so deep. There's like, oh, if you have a one in your profile, if you have this and you have this, you know, and I, I feel like great if you want to go deep, but I think that just understanding what your human design is, like knowing your basic, like, are you a manifester? Are you a generator? Are you a manifesting generator? Are you a reflector? Like what, what your human design is. I think it's just another tool. Right? It's just like knowing your astrology sign. Like, you don't have to resonate with every single thing, right? Take the things that resonate and then leave the rest that doesn't. But I do think that it brings this sense of self-awareness to where you're like, oh, that's why I'm like that. So basically what she's saying is that, you know, if you get into astrology and you find that it's, you know, going beyond just your sun, moon, and rising signs and you start getting into, like, all the different, like, squares and sextiles and things like that and you're like huh this is a lot more complicated than i thought it would be mm-hmm. and you want to further complicate it <laughs> study human design as well study human design i mean there's so many layers you can go down so i would many be curious to see what a gauntlet reading is like for you from jeff uh, oh i would be interested it's, to see it, it's what been it's a like. little while since i've done one but like if we're if you know, I'd, I'd be willing to do one, like, as oh an episode. God. I think Absolutely. with that, I have a little ritual that I have to do. Yeah, like, yeah. I have to, like, spend some time, like, clearing my energy and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, if we want to if we want to line up Future a... Future podcast episode. <laughs> yeah, if we want to line up a gauntlet reading, the yeah, be prepared, though, because I think the shortest gauntlet reading that I've ever done has been about two hours long, so... So that's going to be the unedited episode. Unedited, <laughs> <laughs> unedited, un, whatever. I love I was it. Saying, if you, and if you got any Gemini in your chart, usually if they have any Gemini in their chart, then usually the gauntlet reading's about like six hours long. Gemini. <laughs> I don't think I have a lot of Gemini. I have, like, honestly, like, almost like the opposite. Like, I have the Aquarius. You know what? Maybe I do it. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to have to do that one of these days. You're just going to have to do it, Jeff. We're just going to see what happens. All right. Let's get back to your story. Okay. Where did we even leave off? Personal trainer, roller derby. Personal trainer, roller derby. Okay. So here, actually, I did want to kind of make this point because I listened enough. I almost listened to your full episode. And Jeff, I did listen to your full episode. So there was kind of this moment in my tower where I feel like I did something slightly different than what the both of you did. Where I totally was like, no dating. <laughs> I feel like both of y'all were like, I'm not going to date anybody. And now I'm in this new relationship. <laughs> and I was like, you guys, stop. Don't. Like, no. I could like see the end before it even began. It didn't very matter. Very healthy. Very okay. healthy. <laughs> so I did, I did the opposite when I found out all this stuff. And like, again, at the same time, like my, the guy that I was with, he had like, okay, I mean, whatever. He broke up with me, but at the same time I was like, I'm done with you. So he was the official one to be like, I'm breaking up with you. And then he was like crying. Like when he broke up, I was like, why are you crying? I was like, <laughs> 
pussy. Is this backwards day? <laughs> what is this? You know, whatever. He was nice enough. Um, anyways, I was like, I am happy. I am focusing on me. It is time for me. I will not be with anybody. And this was around like 23, right? So it was kind of, it was kind of after I had like lost my license, had to readjust my career, right? Like gotten into a new career in the fitness industry had like been like, okay, that, that part can't happen now. Let me do this. Right. And I was into roller derby. Like I was a hundred percent like me, me, me. Like everybody else can fuck off because I need to focus on me because I've never been by myself. You had the fuck off energy. I had the mm-hmm. fuck off energy. I was like, fuck the fuck off. Like I'll go on dates with people, but I was a hundred percent committed to dating me and finding out what I needed. And and like getting comfortable even being alone. I would take myself on dates. I was like, fuck it, I'll take myself out for some drinks. I'm not I was poor, but I wasn't that poor, you know, like I could, I could afford to do that. And, and I did still date people. Like I would, I was on dating apps and I would go on dates, but it was never for anything serious. It was a hundred percent. Like, I don't give a fuck who you are. Like, I'm just trying to have a fun time. So that was the majority of my 2022. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. So so yeah, so that was like the majority of my 2012, 2020, 2013, right? Like it was, I remember 23, man, 23 was great. It was like, okay, I have fucked up royally <laughs> and it's time to get back to me. And so I dedicated that entire year. I threw myself into roller derby. I threw myself into my career I threw myself into just, like, loving who I was, loving my body. Like, roller derby really taught me, because I've always had uh, body image issues growing up. And, and you know, because I didn't develop as fast as other women. And I've just, and also my body type was different than, like, my siblings. So the comparison thing was there, you know, of, like, I don't have a visible six-pack, but, like, I got a fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so like, I don't have any tits, but I got a nice, whatever. It doesn't, like, again, it was just, it was a comparison, right? Which is teenage women, which, oh my gosh, teenage girls, our brains are stupid. They're against us. And society also puts us against ourselves. They're like, hey, if you're not like this, then something's wrong, you know? So I spent a lot of years being like, why am I not like that? And, and so roller derby and getting into the fitness industry was like the first time where I was like, holy shit, like, look at what my body can fucking do. Look at my body type. It's amazing. I'm glad I don't have big boobs because I can run without like being in pain. It's great. It's actually a (laughs) gift. Sorry to all the women with big tits. Like I feel for you because it's, it's a hard life. (laughs) They might look nice, but they hurt. I promise. I promise it fucks people's backs up. They get like breast reduction and shit. Anyway, so that was like when I, I really, I feel like that year, 23, 20, what was, okay, so it's 2023, so that had to have been 2013. 10 years ago was when I was like, you know what? It's me. It's me. That's all I'm focusing on. And that's all I did focus on for a year. Like I said, I threw myself into my career. I threw myself into roller derby. I threw myself into falling in love with my fucking self and like figuring out what what I liked and what I didn't like and like what my values were. And that 
just when I was fine being alone, that is when I met my future husband. <laughs> and he came into my life and I was like, yo, I'm not ready for you, bro. And we broke up about three months after we started dating because I was uh, still learning some things. And I just wasn't, I didn't even know how to receive I feel like the proper love too, you know, because I had spent so much time from being abandoned by my dad and then like constantly searching for love in men that did not see my value and trying to prove myself to them. So like I said, when I was in my 2022, yeah, I was dating, but I was against relationships. Like mm-hmm. I will meet people, I will have fun, I will hang out, I'll make friendships, but it's going to take an act of God for me to pull the relationship trigger. Yeah. But the one thing I realized was I lost my dating map mm. because I had to re-figure out what I actually liked that was healthy for me. Yes. What's because, healthy? you know, I was the king of chasing the red flags through the carnival for so long. <laughs> Listen, we all love the red flags. They're nice and bright. <laughs> Did you see fun. the red flags? I thought it was a carnival. I thought it was a carnival. <laughs> Yeah, there's like a meme that I saw one time, and I think it's, and I'm, I know the the show that it comes from, it's BoJack Horseman, but I've I've never watched <laughs> an episode, Bojack. so I don't, but I don't. Uh, apparently, it's like it's it's deep in some places or whatever. But the meme is just saying, you know, the thing about red flags is that they just look like regular flags when you're looking at somebody with rose colored glasses. Mm, mm. Yeah, that's very deep. Hmm. It's kind of like uh, sometimes when you wubba lubba dub dub into the void, it wubba lubba dub dubs back into you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Where were we? (laughs) Uh, So you got with your future husband. You broke up with your future husband. Yes. Broke up with him because I was focused on me, right? I was like, hey, I'm trying to. Well, at that time, I was trying to become a personal trainer. So I had gotten the massage license that I had been denied let me, and I told you all, like, I had to get, jump through so many hoops to finally get this fucking license. Finally got it. Had just gotten my career started in the fitness industry, lucked into a personal training uh, certification. Very grateful for my boss at the time who was like, I bought this for myself and I have run out of time to study. So if you can pass this test in three months, you good to go. <laughs> you know, and it was like a $500 certification, which at the time for me, like I was poor. So I was like, oh my God, Might yes. as well have been $5,000? Yes, yeah. No, I was I was broke as a joke. So I was like, yeah, let me do this. So got that. And that kind of, that really took me on a different path, right? Like once I was a personal trainer, I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm taking this and I'm running with it. And like massage is nice, but I also want to get paid not to touch people. So <laughs> I took off and, and I moved and we moved, we had moved to South Carolina, um, at the time because my husband, um, now husband, he was just my, we had only, so we'd broken up. I broke up with him via text message. Sorry, Mark. I love you so much. I'm so glad <laughs> you gave me a second you chance. You were a dick. I was a dick. Listen, I have my reasons. <laughs> I have my reasons, but I'm not going to go into them. I was kind of a dick. And I've done a lot of healing work since then. And so anyways, got back with now husband and he was getting ready to get another job in a different state and I was just like at that point I was like can I 
please move with you. Like, please take me. I don't care where you go. I'll figure it out. You know? And so we'd been back together for about three months and moved to a different state together. And so moved to South Carolina. Trying to get your massage license transferred was a huge pain in the ass. So I let that dream go again, right? Like this is, I, and this is part of the story. Like this is what I went to school for. Got denied, couldn't do it. Tried again. It just wasn't the right time. Okay. So took my path down personal training. Holy shit. Did that take me down a path? Because the owner that I work for in South Carolina, shout out Drew Mobley. He is to this day, he won. Anytime fitness owner of the year, the year after I left, because I helped him get there. I did help you get there, Drew. I love you, but I helped you get there. And he gave me a shout out too. But like he taught me what it took to not only like run a successful business, but be, how do I want to say this? Like an, uh, uh, just a good, like a great, like a person with a solid mission, you know? And he, he believed in me. Like, I, I remember calling him up and being like, yo, I see that you are, have a gym in South Carolina. I've been working at this gym. I've been doing this for a very short period of time. I think that I could really help your gym out. Um, you know, would you be interested? Literally the very first phone call we had ended up like turning into an interview. And he was like, when can you start? And I was like, let me come meet you first. <laughs> like, I don't know you, you know, but came down, we found a place to live. And he was so helpful. I mean, from the get go, I really cannot express my gratitude towards this boss that I had because so the universe had your back the universe had my back man it was like I looked at this club and I was like this club is really small I don't know about them you know it's like an under 1200 square foot anytime fitness but he was in like club purple which means you're in the top 20 percent of all performing anytime fitness which is a big deal right like I pay attention to numbers and I was like all right I'm like oh well, call this dude. You know, he's like country as shit, too. I love you, Drew, but you're country as shit. <laughs> she he's, said with a twang. Said, yeah, as I say with my own country accent. Yeah, no, because I remember he called my lag. He called Josh at freaking anytime here. And he was like, yo, man, you be a fool not to hire this girl. He called him a fool like six times. He was like, if you don't hire this girl, you a fucking fool. <laughs> I was like, you're right. You're right. You better hire me. But Drew, oh, I have so much love for him because he taught me so much about what it not only takes to like be a good trainer, be a good like like customer service and just be a good business owner. Like that's where I learned how to run a business was the four and a half years that I worked for Drew. And I was so grateful. And even when I, I got nominated for trainer of the year working for him, I didn't win. But he sent me and my husband to Jamaica. Oh, that's awesome. Because I didn't win. <laughs> he was like, you're my trainer of the year. Here's a trip to Jamaica. Five-day <laughs> all-inclusive trip to Sandals Resort in Jamaica. Like, it was truly just, I mean, again, he it, he has set the bar. So when I moved here, <laughs> I got paid like less than half what I was getting paid 
and I had to clean bathrooms, I very quickly realized I needed to do something else. And again, this is just another part of my rise, right? Like I had gotten, I had built, I had moved to South Carolina and after four and a half years, like really busted my ass, really moved my way up into the fitness industry, into even the roller derby industry. Like people knew me, right? And kind of, and that was like where motivational madness came from. And, and got to this point where I was kind of like, hey, I'm still itching to do something different. You know, like I know I've come this far, but like I want to do something different. And he just, we had talked about some mutual stuff together, but it, it just, the timeline didn't work out. And I was like, well, I have loved working for you, but I got to go. I got to go do something else. I got to go to these mountains are calling, <laughs> you know, and I got to answer. And so it was heartbreaking to leave Columbia, South Carolina. That was like after four and a half years of working for the best boss ever in the world to this day, it was hard. And in the team that I had like helped build too, and 30 plus clients that I had, I had to start over from zero. So this is almost like another fall, not a fall, but like a Hard or like a soft reset. It was a soft reset, you know, and it was tough because I had to give up so much. Everything I had built. So it was dream life. We had dream house. We had dream life. We had a boat. We were on the lake every weekend. Like, you know, the dream. Right. And to be like, well, I don't. It's not that I didn't want it. It was just that I wanted something different. And so to move was, was really hard. And even my boss, like he threw me a going away party. It was just so awesome. So I still shout out to my Columbia fam. Cause I love y'all so much. Um, but moved to Utah, started working for a different anytime fitness owner who I, you know, originally was like, all right, cool. I know, I know these people, like I've heard of them, right? Like they're big in the corporate name. Um, they didn't pay me shit, <laughs> which at first I was fine with. Not a big deal. I get it. I'm brand new. You don't know me. I don't know you. I'm gonna come in. I'm gonna show you who I am, you know? And then the pandemic happened and the gym got closed down. And I feel like the pandemic, as terrible as that shit was, it was such a huge pivoting point for me and my business and such a big part of my rise because I realized like, oh, fuck you guys. The world can change in an instant. In an instant. I mean, Bishop, what, you, like, you remember, right? Oh, yeah. I remember doing the I, workouts in my living room on Zoom with I my was, liquor bottle weights. With the liquor bottles and the gun? <laughs> I was like, don't drink that liquor, Bishop. And <laughs> It was my day off. What did I do? I drank the liquor because you don't tell me no. <laughs> I was like, we're just lifting it. We're not drinking it. But, you know, that was such a huge, right? Like, everybody's like, oh, COVID is crazy. It's like, I I would never have wished COVID on anybody. And at the same time, I'm actually really glad it happened because it was what pivoted me into even more of a rise. Like, I had made all these changes. I had done all these things. And then this happened, and I continued to rise. So, really, truly, my rise has been, like, gradual action over time. It was not an overnight success. It was a, here is a rock bottom, bitch. <laughs> and what are you going to do next? Oh, so it's been a roller coaster. It's been a, I mean, it's been a roller coaster. Yep. I've definitely had moments where I've been like up and then get immediately smashed down. 
But the nice thing is, is that the the progression has been over, li- like, literally. Did I just make that word up? <laughs> <laughs> it's been an overall progression of, like, upward trends. I'll say that. You know? So it was like, okay, here's my low. I don't want to be here anymore. What else can I do? So what you're saying is when you hit bottom, it wasn't bedrock anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, okay, this is it, you know? And there there have been so many moments of, like, even within the rise, like, moments of fall. I mean, it's just been a, it's, it, it, the roller derby, I feel like, really taught me how to get knocked down, but then get the fuck back up. Like, you get knocked down, you better get the fuck back up. Don't stay down, because then you're going to trip up your teammates. Get back up immediately does not matter do not stay it's okay to get knocked down do not stay down get the fuck back up well it's like the saying are you gonna have a bad moment and move on or are you gonna Mm -hmm. have a bad moment set up camp move in and stay there for a couple months Mm -hmm. absolutely and so one thing i mean again i just attribute it to roller derby like it taught me how to get back up fast you get knocked down who gives a fuck you're gonna fall it's life. It's roller derby. You will fall. I didn't know how to skate. I ass fell all the time. Well, I mean, I would dare say if you don't fall, you're not doing it right. Right. Exactly. Like, if you're not falling, you're not trying hard enough. In my opinion, you've got, like, don't be afraid of the fall. Don't be afraid of the fall. It's okay. Everybody falls. It's not anything to be embarrassed about. Just get back up and that is what i did (laughs) (laughs) so all right so anyways okay let's see moved to south carolina let my massage license expire whatever built my fucking reputation as a personal trainer a really good one four and a half years i had again like i said huge client list very good at personal training have worked with clients anywhere from like six to 96 you know, people who can't move at all to people who are in wheelchairs. Like, I got my shit done. Um, tried to. I also became a behavior change specialist in that time because I got to the point where I was like, okay, the physical change I get, but, like, why am I still not creating the actual change that I want to see? You know, and that's when I learned about behavior change, and that's when I started learning about mindset work. And it was like, oh, shit. You can work on the physical all you want, but if you ain't doing shit for your mind and you're not doing shit to uncover and change these so-called, I'll call them limiting beliefs that you've had ingrained in you, subconscious limiting beliefs. We're not even fucking aware of this shit. We don't even know what's happening. This is why I love Gary John Bishop because he goes <gasps> so deep into that. Oh, <laughs> you, and that's where you've, that's what behavior change is, right? That's why I felt like I fell into some fucking rabbit holes just getting certified in that. I was like, oh God, am I, am I okay? <laughs> oh no. But you know, is like, safe? is it safe? Am I safe? But, you know, like learning about that stuff and the psychology of actually creating true change. And I learned all of that when I was in Columbia, got certified behavior change specialist here, never did anything with it. Fast forward to when we moved out here 
and the gym got fucking shut down and people needed something more than just exercise. I was like, oh yeah, I have this like behavior change certification. Let me start just having conversations with people, finding out what's happening. Where do these habits come from? Where does this pattern come from? Let's narrow it down. How can we create that new neural pathway in the brain? You know, a fucking mind blown realize this is way more powerful than just training people. And now I have created an entire business around that, you know? And so the the pandemic was, again, it, it felt like a fall for so many people. But for me, it was truly a rising moment where I realized, one, my own worth. I was like, listen, I worked for the fucking owner of the year. Okay, I know I'm good shit. <laughs> Two, I have the certifications. It's not like I'm just somebody coming out here. You know, I feel like there's a lot of people and I'm in the coaching industry and I see a lot of people in the coaching industry and I'm like, what certifications do you have? Or are you just using your own trauma as your certification? Because there is a difference. Yes, experience, greatest teacher. You also need some fucking accreditation in my opinion. You need to go through some stuff. Knowing how to hold a safe space for people, you know, that's important. And so, I don't know where the fuck I was going with that. Anyways, created an entire business off of that and have gotten better. I've not, I'm not going to say I haven't made mistakes, but you know, like really the the 2020 pandemic and realizing like self-worth stopped abandoning myself, really realizing even more into the self-worth of like, wow, I've been hustling my way through life out of a trauma response because I'm trying to prove myself to other people instead of really owning my own worth and like the, the gift that I bring to people in the world was a really big moment for me. So yeah started my own business, have continued to grow that business. It went from personal training and behavior change coaching to now retreats that I lead where it's in person, these incredible retreats. And okay, so I wanted to share this like one little story synchronicity for the massage. Did I already say this? Please correct me if I didn't and edit it out if I didn't. But you remember how I told you all I got denied my massage license? Yeah. Right. Okay. So that was November 7th, 20, no, 2009. November 7th, 2009. I was 19 years old. November 7th, 2022, 13 years later, to the date, my friends, to the date, I got the notification that my massage license was approved for the state of Utah. Oh, that is fucking awesome. <laughs> to the date. Right? 13 years later. Finding out like, no, guess what? Your career is ruined. To guess what? Your career just fucking expanded. That is friggin' fantastic. 
it blew my mind. I like will get emotional. I always cry. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it it blew my mind when that when I when I realized that synchronicity and how easy it was this time. Last time I was on here when I was speaking to you all, I hadn't gotten my massage license yet. I hadn't I was like waiting to apply, right? And I was like, fuck, they're not gonna give me my massage license. It has been eight years since my massage license expired. Eight years. I haven't done shit. I like wrote my own letter of recommendation. I was like, hey guys, I know I haven't been practicing. But here's what I have been doing. Like said I'm like a link to my fucking website. <laughs> Like, not not thinking that they even looked at it. But anyways, they were just like, oh, yeah, here you go. Here's your license. You're a massage therapist now. You get to do this thing that I went to school for when I was 19. Busted my ass for. Never got a chance to do. Even when I did get licensed, I ended up moving. Like I said, it was such a pain in the ass. I had to let it expire. It was like never the right time. And then all of a sudden last year, it was like, no. So the universe had your back. The universe (laughs) had my back. That's the biggest thing. I even think I feel like I wrote that in my, in my freaking notes. Like I, I literally underneath I, that I reapplied for my massage license and got it the same day I had found out I was getting denied only 13 years later. Like this is when I realized that life is a constant cycle. And everything can be a lesson. And the world is truly a mirror of all your thoughts, actions, words, beliefs, and values. If you feel you have fallen, just get the fuck back up. You don't have to stay down. You don't. It's a choice. It's a choice to stay down. It's maybe not a choice to get knocked down, but it's a choice to stay down. People all the time pray for strength and courage, but then when life hands them things or situations to make them strong and courageous, they're like, nah, bro. No. And they get disheartened. Life is not about never falling. It's about learning how to create the balance to catch yourself, maybe from falling, right? And then the strength to prevent the falls and setbacks. Anyways, like, who gives a fuck if you fall? You know how many times I fucking fell during roller derby? (laughs) So many goddamn times. They were like, damn, bitch, stop falling. You know, but I always got back up. That was the one thing everybody always told me. It didn't matter how many times you fall. You always got right back up. Somehow, so so quick. So if if you feel like you're falling, if you feel like you have fallen, Okay, (laughs) you're fine. Like, assess your surroundings. And then once you realize, like, you're okay, you're not injured, get the fuck back up and try again. Learn how to hit the wall harder than it's going to hit you, okay? Because life is fucking suffering. You're not going to escape it. It's not about how many times you get knocked down. It's about how many times you stand the fuck back up. It's the first noble truth of Buddhism. Existence is suffering. There you go. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs>
like, and I feel it's appropriate. This reminds me of a, it's a comedian, Rodney Norman. Gives little, like, motivational things in his own kind of weird way. I saw the guy live one time and then found out later on that he's a Gemini and that, you know, everything made a lot more sense as to why he is the way that he is. He's like, does this thing, and I'm, par I'm just paraphrasing it, but he's like, so you're probably sitting there feeling bad for yourself and stuff, like, focused on, like, all your failures and the things that you did, like, you, you messed up and... And, well, good news is nobody cares. <laughs> like, nobody does. Everybody, er, every, everybody else is, like, too focused on their own failures to care about your failures. So, so you know, you're, you're, you're probably doing okay. Just, you know, like, <laughs> just get up, do it again. Like, you know, so, um, yeah, have a super awesome day and, Best of luck with, with all your failures. <laughs> Best of luck. I, I think one of my favorites, and I've shared this before, is never compare your behind the scenes to somebody mm -hmm. else's silver screens. Mm -hmm. I mean, you might look at Ariel on social media. You might look at me on social media. If Jeff ever gets back on social media, you might look at him on social media <laughs> and think, man, this person has their shit figured out. The fuck we do. Yeah. We have ideas. We have a grasp. We have control. We don't have all the answers. Not at all. In the words of Oscar Wilde, I am no longer young enough to know everything. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. I'm no longer young enough. Jesus. <sighs> Couldn't pay me to go back to those days. I'm officially closer to my 40s than I am my 30s. Listen, you know what? Whatever. Fuck it. Life is a fucking gift. The older we get, the wiser we get. Just fuck this idea that like life ends after 30. Okay, life begins at 30. You're, like, more responsible. You got some money, maybe, usually. You know, like, you're like, all right, I know who I am and I know what I want. Instead of being, like, a fucked up teenager where you're like, eh, I'm lost. So I'll never forget this. Um, when I was working for Larry H. Miller, this was down in Provo, and this was 2019. Um, I had gone through my divorce. I would gone through my bankruptcy. And I need to rebuild credit. One of the easiest ways to do that is with a vehicle purchase. Ooh, That's yeah, when I got my yeah. Volkswagen Beetle. Oh, I love the Beetle. That's how I do it. It was your house. <laughs> <laughs> so there was one of the mechanics there, and he's probably in his 30s at this point. I'm like, I think I'm like 32, 33. And he's like, Bishop, did you really buy that Volkswagen Beetle? I was like, yeah, dude, I did. I wouldn't be caught dead in that. And I looked at him. I said, dude, I'm like 33. I was married for 10 years. I have a kid. Her car seat fits in the back of it. I have done firefighting. I have done trucking. I have done construction. I have done everything. I have owned and driven six-wheel drive, no power steering military you know, vehicles for funsies. I don't give a shit what I look like to anybody anymore. Nah. But I can afford the payment. The fuel economy is fantastic. It has Bluetooth and heated seats, and they feel really nice on my very tired back, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jealous of your heated seats. <laughs> I forget who was who it was that said maturity is when you reach that age where you don't give a shit anymore if people yes. think you're cool. Ah, uh, it's the best. Yeah, like who get like why do we spend so much time giving a fuck about what other people think of us? I think the best part about getting older is you're like, oh, I'm gonna go back to all the things that I liked as a kid, and now I have money. 
And now I don't give a fuck about being popular in school. You can go fuck yourself. I'm going to be weird. This is why <laughs> me as a 42-year-old man, I have a closet full of Nerf guns. <laughs> hey, oh my God. Yeah, I'm coming to, I'm coming to Jeff's house. We're going to have a Nerf gun fight. Let's go. <laughs> down. Get your fiance. Let's go. <laughs> well, is that the end of your rise, Ariel? Oh, you know what? I mean, is it the end of the rise? No, because I think I'm going to continue to rise, especially this year. Like right, this valid. year. Man, y'all, it's been so crazy. I feel like in such a different place than I did at the last recording that we did of this podcast. Like for me, no, this is not the end. Of, this is the end of the rise episode. This is not the end of the rise. I truly believe I'm going to become like some famous something something not kardashian famous but i have always known in my heart like a gandhi kind of like like a well like not famous but well known right and we it's we're it's the crown that's going to get you there it's the crown it's the crystal crown baby it's amazing <laughs> listen listen it's beautiful also i do have a retreat coming up in september for anyone listening that wants to come i'm going to get a picture of you with a crown on for the yes. podcast please yes no i love i love proving to people that you can come from such a i always tell people i'm like i was a depressed drug addicted dropout okay to like a successful super confident empowered fucking female badass entrepreneur who's like actually creating positive change in the world all right so it doesn't matter what your past what your fall looked like, your rise is up to you. And you get to determine your fucking ceiling. How high do you want to go? There is no limit. So don't believe the bullshit. I like it. <laughs> Jeff, anything you want to add? Um, wash, rinse, repeat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, this has been Ariel's Rise Story. It has been a fantastic, fun-filled episode. We're happy that you came to join us again, Ariel. Like I said before, after this, we're going to have AJ joining us for his Rise episode, and then we want to get all of us together and kind of just have a little powwow about the experience. So if you've enjoyed these episodes, if they've been beneficial to you, please do text us, call us, leave a voicemail. We would love to have some listener mail questions to answer when we're all together. It would be fantastic. Yes, please. Send us your problems. We'll solve them. All right, everybody. Well, I am Bishop. I am JF. And I am Ariel. And what's your online handle? I am Motivational Madness. Find her on the gram, everybody. Find me on the gram. Thanks for joining us. This episode will air what April 13th. Oh, oh my God. April 13th is my lucky number. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. You have a great one. Bye. Bye.